Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to Ambridge on the Couch, an in-depth look at the arches with me, Harriet Carmichael and Lucy Freeman. Before we dive in, let's remind ourselves of what happened last week with Lucy's Week in Ambridge. We began the week hearing about Linda's extraordinary plans for the play, which made me wonder how many painkillers she was still taking. (laughs) Frankly, the hallucinogenic casting may make it actually worth seeing for people that like to stand in cold barns watching experimental theatre performed by toddlers. Clary's the king, Rosie is God, David's Mary Magdalene and Bess the sheepdog is the narrator. In a flight of fancy that left me breathless with the sheer audacity, Clary is now having speech lessons from a silent character. (laughs) Just to add to the surrealism, the village next door is having their own rival production. Why? Why would two villages next to each other decide to do both do mystery plays? Most villages manage once every five years to do Dick Whittington or something. And if they're really organised, maybe a truly nightmarish performance of the importance of being earnest, which is generally an excuse for the biggest campist man in the village to dress up and squawk about handbags. Two villages five miles apart, both putting on mystery plays, is astonishing. And once again, the age-old question comes to mind. If the entire village is in this production, who is coming to see it? (laughs) We went up Asda with Eddie and Mia the vegan, who is being treated by everyone else as if she's come out as a Satan worshipper. She is a truly remarkable child if she is honestly planning on cooking an evening meal for three adults every night for the next two months and is unlike any teenager I've ever come across. Eddie and Clary aren't happy unless they've had meat three times a day. And Eddie dunks ham in his tea if they're out of custard creams. So I don't fancy her chances. Harassment turned up at Crusty's telling her he would be her messiah. If everyone else is being played by unlikely people, why do we have a young man in his 30s playing Jesus? Was Peggy Woolley already booked? He did also bring the welcome news that Philip has pleaded guilty. Good, splendid, terrific. If he dobs Victoria in, I do not fancy his chances. His knackers will be swinging from the flagpole of Borchester Cathedral any day now. Talking of knackers, Jade was going to green knackers for dinner. The bird's in the oven, announced Alistair. It was a cockatoo, his last call of the day, and the treatment hadn't gone well, so he thought he may as well recycle it. It's all right, though, by the sound of her, Jade likes a cockatoo. Maybe they felt a roast was the only thing she couldn't blow out of an orifice, I don't know. Anyway, she was horrid and we hate her, and let her cease this charade and ring Tracy, Jazza. Phoebe had a break from freelancing <clears throat> to shout at Rex about Longhorn cattle. The rewilding project seems, if it's possible, to be even more chaotic and ineffectual now than when Pip was one of the triumvirate of Muppets. As Justin's been given the heave-ho, Brian is now the silverback. And despite Phoebe declaring her role as dealing with forms, Rex has now sent her and Brian to go and look at cows. 
Brian seems delighted, as he always is when anyone suggests an opportunity for him to get away from Jenny and drive about and pretend he's still relevant. Where are these cows? Where are they going to go? Who knows? Who cares? Oh, actually, probably Rory cares, as he's realised that being bisexual doesn't actually take up as much time as he thought once you get the hang of it. So now he's looking for a new outlet and he's decided farming is it. Brian stood him on a little stool in front of Adam, who, as, who was, as always, at a rolling boil, and said, Go on, little man. Tell him your good idea. Go on, big voice. And Rory came out with some gibberish about a cow swap. It didn't sound convincing at all, and even less so when he talked about the cows pooping. For the love of God, man, your father's a farmer. Everyone knows the correct term is going ploppies. Over at Adam and Ian's, they were eating Ian's take on Irish stew which apparently involves lamb, which is Irish stew. What Ian's take on it was, I don't know, unless they couldn't afford lamb, so he'd used beans on toast. Anyway, we were queuing up for an Ian and Adam hit the financial skid storyline. Uh, casual remarks about poor Xander being farmed out to whichever buxom Borchester wet nurse is currently suckling poor Rosie, and how will we afford it? So any minute now we'll hear someone saying, is that foie gras in your sandwiches, Adam? Do you really think that's blah, blah, blah? And then there'll be yet another almighty Aldridge row. No wonder they all sound knackered. Brian was being deliberately provocative again and was clearly looking forward to a punch-up at the board meeting. Debbie's focus has been elsewhere, said Brian. Yes, Channel 4 mostly. Jenny usually backs me up, he said, but she hasn't said a word since March 2020. In other news, will people stop asking Eddie to infiltrate things? The last thing he infiltrated was the detectorists, and that ended up with him getting a set of Roman coins jammed up his nostril. The thing about being detective and spyy is that you have to be unobtrusive. Eddie rolls up in a backfiring van and a hat with horns on. Plus, he's fiddled most of Borchester one way or the other. He may as well hire a skywriter. And in an episode that made me cringe and shout with alarm all at once, Kate and Adam went round to Alice's dressed up as a cat and a pig to drink a lot and tell her how to do parenting. Next week, Brian might pop in and give her a lesson in secrets to an equal marriage. Adam sounded excited, which was disorientating, but then he sounded drunk, which was just annoying. Chris was so alarmed he did the only thing any right-thinking person would do, i.e. push Peggy down the stairs and break her leg. Well, that's what families are for. The end. Uh, yes. I thought, I know this week was a Kerry week. No, so there were lots of lovely funny bits, like Jimus saying about Jerrems and... Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yes, and all the Mia stuff, you know, about what's in vegetarian lasagna, and despair, they, vegan and, lasagna. And the best, the funniest, my highlight of the whole week when Clary was like, what, blind sex, what's it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point I thought, why do I, now Kerry Davis writes for the arches, why do I even bother doing Shambridge? It, you can't it's really. Same thing. Yeah, you can't, because I, when I started, I was thinking about this last week, when I started Shambridge, it was like, 10 years ago I think and it obviously can't have been that funny because it was quite easy to parody yeah but now you yeah sort of they get there before you do totally yeah. It, yeah. you can't make the jokes yeah. you can't add any innuendos because no. <laughs> they've happened all week yeah and, it, and it's it really it really uh struck me this week that it's changed a lot hasn't it the writing is yeah much funnier yeah i think that's come as a a result of possibly i know this sounds ridiculous but partly because of the tweet along because yeah. we were so alert to the to the comedy and actresses like um Charlotte who plays um uh, Susan mm. they 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 
the sort of the Victoria woodness and the comedy timing of some of them is just and uh, Kate uh, Perdita Avery who plays Kate and yeah. all that they're just so they're such good comic actresses and Susie Riddell obviously who plays Tracy who's a comedy masterclass you know you it's so, it, they were so wasted before when there wasn't funniness in it. Yes, they're so, well, not easy to write for, but they, they write it themselves yeah. almost, don't they? Yeah. The delivery of it. Yeah. All. Yeah. 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 Everybody, and, and I suppose the characters are, are much more contrast. You know, like having Jim and Jazza is just such a brilliant yeah. partnership, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, there were loads of funny, funny lines, <laughs> funny scenes this week. I got genuinely, genuinely cross with Jade. I got really upset with her because she was so horrible to Jim. But you know, you just said, you know, I can't remember what you said in your monologue, the fact that we all hate her. Yeah. I, part of me was like, mm, I, I, I do see where she was coming from. I mean, obviously, she was really rude. Mm. But, you know, I think it was ever since Jim said something in Latin to her, you know, the first mm. time when she was doing her mm. pasta tricks. And do you remember she got really defensive about it? Mm. And she clearly from that moment has just assumed that everybody's laughing at her or that people like Jim would laugh at her because he doesn't think she's as good as her. I'm not I'm not excusing her behaviour, but I I did see where she was I think from. she'd already decided that she didn't like yeah. them all. She didn't yeah. like anybody that was sort of that isn't like her. Well, basically, she just wants to be the leader of the girl gang, doesn't she? Well, she's got, obviously got a really traumatic backstory, hasn't she? <laughs> oh, God, please, let's not find out about that. <laughs> but also, you know, we were like, oh, she's really old. And yeah. she's just like some sort of, have you Googled her? No. She's stunning and beautiful and oh, young. Oh, God. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and then I listened to her again, trying to fit her voice with her beautiful face. And I still couldn't really match it. Well, I'm not going to look because I've got an idea in my head of her being a leather-faced old fishwife and Me I don't too. want to change it. Honestly, it will, it's like, it'll be the most shocking thing you see in 2021. <laughs> the reveal. Yeah, maybe don't do it. it, it you might no. not sleep okay. again. All right. <laughs> She's stunning. But uh, that was another bit that I hated. The, 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 oh, oh cringy. Oh, you mean the baby shower? Yeah. But if it came so out of the blue, because you would have thought they could make a big, you know, any, any event usually yeah. has a big sort of like run up, doesn't it? Oh, God, it was yes. Like, well, it's got to be a surprise and everyone there's got to be nearly caught out by somebody saying something that they shouldn't have done. And then there'll be a hilarious misunderstanding. But um, did you listen to the, the again, the, the, <laughs> the sort of blundering sound effects? It, it sounded like they had sort of lorry loads of bottles. <laughs> yes, they sounded like somebody was backing up a bottle bank outside the house. And then when they were t when she was on Just the phone to, to Chris, yeah, and they were dancing. It sounded like an entire karaoke bar, <laughs> not two middle aged people with a bottle of you know, Berkeley Absolutely, there are, there are moments where you do wish you could actually see what was, especially <laughs> watching Adam. I mean, oh god, he's so annoying when he's, <laughs> when he's having a good time. Isn't I, he? I don't know which I which I like least actually, <laughs> Adam being. I haven't got time. <laughs> or being, yeah. <laughs> or being jolly. I don't I don't I don't want him You're to right. have any emotion because he just annoys me whatever he does, basically. This week he played his two extremes, like evil yes. Lord Dark Adam yeah. Voldemort, plus like, hey, having a good time. But they were sort of the same. Yeah. <laughs> That's because when he went, 
default setting is fucking irritating. So whether he just goes up or down, the default setting remains the same. <laughs> it's just aggressive. Like, did you did you know the bit that I like couldn't bear was when he went when there was a phone ring, you know, and it was um, supposedly Peggy texting. Yeah. Um, Okay, and he went, yours! <laughs> <laughs> Mask! <laughs> yes, it was. It was one of those. It was like, all right. Like, oh, I'm quite picking up on the mood here. But I loved that bit with Rory. What is... Brian is such an agitator. Oh, yes. He... He's got nothing to do, so he's just driving around with a big old stick stirring shit up left, right and centre. Oh, and you could hear the pleasure he was taking yeah. in that, couldn't you? Yeah. And and although Adam <laughs> just basically then was like put his sort of dark cloak on and yes. sort of went, how dare you, <laughs> Rory and Brian? <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, he, all he had to say was, um, okay, why don't we discuss this later yeah. on the board meeting? Yeah, rather than just have it catapulted on us by, you know, the intern who, you know. Also, also. I don't know anything about farming. I could have come up with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably wouldn't have used the word pooping either. <laughs> they've I got sheep would. and they've got nowhere to put them. And we've got a field. <laughs> they could put the sheep in our field. <laughs> but I mean, why would you bring this up at a meeting if you hadn't discussed it with David Ruth at all? You know. <laughs> It was just, but I did quite enjoy the. I loved Brian's, you know, l- indulging in um, throwing yeah. custard pies at Adam. But you would think, honestly, he has. Brian Aldridge has got some bollocks on him. He really has. Considering the moral degradation that he has put himself and everyone else around him through, he still can't resist. You know, he ought to be so unbelievably and permanently grateful that his family are still speaking to him, never mind respecting him like some flipping Dalai Lama. And, you know, instead he just rips the piss out of all of them continually. But him and Adam have never got on, no, have they? I mean, no. but also, why, why is Adam there? Because Adam is definitely going to have a heart attack in about five years unless <laughs> he gets further away from Brian. Yeah. It'll, Not just, closer. Yes. Move your family. Find <laughs> yeah. Ian a hotel that. Yes. Well, you just That's moved to New Zealand. Also, who basically. is Ian cooking for? <laughs> I'm really confused about all that too. He said, "It's Grey Gables feels like it's been hollowed out," and I thought, "Well, it would do because it's empty." Because and it was blown up. And, <laughs> yes. There's a something great hole in the middle of it anyway, and it's empty. Who, who are the people that are there? Who are you? What are you doing all day? Because he's well, clearly not furloughed. Not, no, no, but also we know there are literally no visitors because yeah, uh, Tracy's yeah. decided to save it and Oliver's crying. So there's, there's, there's like one visitor a day. So Adam just needs to take over his leftover Irish stew that Adam couldn't finish. <laughs> and In Tupperware. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't suppose you... You, um, it's only I eat a lot of these, which is why I no- noticed it. But when Adam went to the baby shower, he'd taken um, bush bush donata. Did you notice that? Oh, the way I assume he was saying pastiche donata, or <laughs> I call them pastiche donatas. Donata, but yeah. <laughs> it was like Ian's made you some bush donata. <laughs> I was like. Oh, what? <laughs> Just say it as a normal person who isn't Portuguese would say it. <laughs> My bush dash nata. 
and Kate had bought some baby shower music. Uh-huh. What was that? <laughs> I don't even... How'd you bring baby shower? And she got a bag of CDs in with the oh, bottles. God. Surely you just put a playlist on when you get to Alice's and ask Alexa. To be honest, I mean, how can you have a baby shower with two people? It was just them desperate for a piss up and to go somewhere, wasn't it? That's all it was. It, well, Kate just wanted to wear her onesie. Yeah. See if she still fitted into it after <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> It just sounded like, I mean, I hate the whole concept of baby showers anyway, obviously, because I'm a miserable old cow. But, <laughs> but you know, the whole it just sounded absolutely ghastly. And it did make me really cross because it, I have, you know, been, I've been in the, I have got friends who are alcoholic. And that kind of, if someone, if you offer someone an alcoholic drink and they say no, mm. the answer is, what can I get you? Mm. Not, why? And, and, you know, going on and on. Oh, go on, you can just have one. Just don't. It is a thing for people. Don't mm. do that. It's so rude and so awful. Well, there are, I'm going to say a long word. There are myriad reasons why people <laughs> may not touch alcohol. Yes. You know, and None you just, of them are anything to do with anybody else. And if they've chosen not to have an alcoholic drink, you don't have to, you just, that's what they've chosen to do. Yeah. Yeah. But even if you're not an alcoholic and it's Thursday night and it's raining and then however much you love your brother and sister, if they turn up for a party Mm. on a Thursday Mm. night and you just want to watch Bridgerton, Mm. you'd be like, oh my God, come back on Saturday. Oh, hi. And also, not now, go away. Yeah. Yes. And especially if you've said to them, I'm not feeling very well. Yeah. Well, she said that she'd said to Chris, I've asked them to leave. (laughs) I've told them I'm not well. I've told them I don't want to do this. I've told them I don't want to drink. And they're still here. I am worried for Peggy, though, because as she said, there's only so (laughs) many many balls she can have before the baby comes. (laughs) She'll be on her eighth artificial hip by the time the pool. I just thought Chris should just carry on cutting himself. You know, like he did with the axe the other day. (laughs) Keep lopping bits off (laughs) like a badly pruned, like a council pruned tree. (laughs) Every day, if he just lops a bit off. Yeah, I really, really hated that. I felt that, I don't know, this felt like quite a bad-tempered week. Oh, did you think? Mm. People being a bit narky with each other. Yes. Yeah. I f- well, I feel that's been the mood of the whole country yeah. this week, to be honest. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, there was like, hooray, we're going, it's near the end of lockdown. Yeah. And then, you know, when they when they sort of released the guidelines for yeah. the opening of everything, and then it was like, hooray. And then a couple of days later, you're like, oh, actually, it's ages yeah. away still. Yeah, yeah. It's been like What do you mean it's not Wednesday? Oh. <laughs> what do you mean it's not even Easter yet? Yeah, yes. <laughs> and it's yeah. cold again. Yes. And, and Susan was a meanie. Because she's got to, because it's like um, those sort of relationships. It's a bit like being, you know, like having a sibling. Is yeah, you can be. You're really nice, but if you've been nice to each other for too long, yeah, you just have to throw something provocative out there <laughs> and cause a row. <laughs> but it is that you know the Oscar Wilde thing about it's not. I think it's Oscar Wilde. It's not enough that I should succeed. My friends have to fail. That's exactly oh. what Susan is like. So it's kind of. Like, she reveled, you know, oh, I'm yeah. so sorry about Mia. And I was thinking, what's happened to Mia? I thought she was going to say, you know, she, something dreadful had happened to her. Or, but Clary rises to it. If something if something good happens for Susan as well, Clary sometimes can't resist having a dig mm, as well. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a two-way street. But I think, I think 
Because Susan is so used to being the mouthpiece of the village, if anything happens that is mouthpiecey and she's not involved, then, you know, she gets really disturbed and it really throws her sense of self sort of thing. But it, and it's, but it is also that thing of being having been so close to someone. Because mm. my mum my had a friendship a bit like that. And, you know, they were such good friends and had um, were, for, they're both died now, sadly, but were for, 40, you know, plus 40 mm. years. And, you know, I grew up with her kids. You know, we all sort of grew up together. But the two of them were best friends, but also best rivals. Yeah. You know, yeah. if mum said something complimentary about us or we'd done well in yeah. an exam, then she would go, oh, well, <laughs> did you hear about... <laughs> I won't name names, but, you know, it was always like that. That yeah. was their relationship. Yeah. And they loved each other. But under all of that was... A real rivalry. But I suppose and it's there like is, Bert isn't there and, friends? Yeah. And I suppose it's like Bert and Joe, you know, with their, they, they were best friends, but also were in a permanent, locked into a permanent competition about the <laughs> yeah. bloody size of their vegetables and whatever else. Because maybe if you live in such a small community, then, yeah. then that's, that, that's... I think men grow, are more overt about the competition aspect than yeah. women. I think women sort of cloak it in a pleased for you well, <laughs> that will really with... make up for when everything went tits up for you earlier in the year won't it it's kind of that sort of double-edged <laughs> thing maybe. especially with acting or performing yeah but um the idea of her being <laughs> speech lessons by <laughs> sabrina that's I genius <laughs> i would i would never have thought about that it was so funny <laughs> <laughs> oh, they really do again, take the piss sometimes don't they also really sweet i was thinking wouldn't it be lovely if clarion sabrina became really close yeah and that would be another thing to get yeah. susan's heckles yeah. up about especially with <laughs> susan and sabrina having fought over the easter egg <laughs> display <laughs> again that was just a really funny moment but that was so true to life as well but she won't talk to susan because they had a row earlier in the week so she'd have to talk to me instead yeah and, yes know, exactly you know, getting inveigling yourself in the middle of a situation and then exploiting it but I, i'm so pleased clary's the king i love the and then she said to eddie you're only a shepherd <laughs> and he went all right <laughs> Do you know, Eddie? You don't know nothing about being royal. <laughs> but Sabrina speaks so lovely. <laughs> then she said she was repeating words back to her in the conversation. I thought. Sabrina must have thought she was having some sort of stroke. Right, Clary? Are you oh, right, really? Clary? Yes? Oh, sorry, yes. I'd love um, there to be a casting director in the audience and for Clary to go on and have a, 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 a <laughs> career on the West End. Be- yeah, something better than a ra- than local radio. Do, do you remember when they fell out properly? What was that? Over? Yeah. Emma. Uh, Reece- it was about Emma, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that was really awful, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Especially when they were in the dairy, in silence, banging <laughs> yoghurt pots around. <laughs> Helen says the freezer needs filling. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Night, fine, bang. Clop, 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 clop. I was going to say, do spend such a lot of time yeah. together? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's like having a husband or a, I mean, not a, what's it called? A spouse, that's the one. <laughs> Another spouse. Yeah. And every time they row, they have to remind each other of how long they've been friends. You're my best friend. You've been, we've been friends now for 142 years. <laughs> Just to sort of put it right again. Mm. Um. We ought to play Mr. Newbie because you oh, need yeah. to go soon, don't you? Yeah. Um, 
I have to say, I think he got hopelessly confused in this one. Oh, I yeah. think I think he went through that. You know what you were saying about learning a foreign language where you feel like you've got to grips with it? Yeah. And then you run across or you, you have a sentence that makes you sound really proficient and you say it. And then the person you're saying it to goes, ah, blah, 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 back at you. And you have to go, <laughs> you look sort of horror struck. And your heart sinks. Yes. And you suddenly realise that you're completely out of your depth. I think that may, I think he he's, may has been lulled into a false sense of security for oh, the last no. couple of weeks. Oh. Anyway, see what you think. We start the week with Susan having a condensed dig at Mia, veganism, Rosie, feminism and Clary's acting abilities. Rarely can no offence have meant so little, surely. <laughs> She's not so much passive-aggressive as just plain old aggressive-aggressive and eventually manages to piss off even Clary with her verbal diarrhoea. The Susan I know is naive and thoughtless and wrapped up in herself, but this seems like more than that. This is actively unpleasant and born, it seems to me, of bitterness. Is this about the radio show? Or was she always like this? In any event, it's not nice. In amongst Susan's unpleasantness, though, Clary names my next band for me. Blind sex, what's it? It is. <laughs> and any suggestion that Linda's casting policy is blind drunk or blind man's buff makes me laugh out loud. I wish Clary and Eddie were my mum and dad. No! And Philip is pleading guilty. My full analysis of this is that I can't be bothered. I'd love to think that this is the end of the storyline and that everybody can put it to bed, but it's not, is it? If the writers are listening, less regret, more explosions, please. Jim is such a sweetheart. I'm quite sure that Jade doesn't give two hoots about napkins and flowers, but Jim's not taking any chances, and actually it says far more about his affection for Jazza than it says about Jade. And let's not kid ourselves, despite my excitement at it coming to life last week, Jade is ghastly to such a degree that it's clear that she's not going to be hanging around for any significant length of time. She starts out being so breathtakingly rude to Jim and Alistair that I've had to look into getting my arse cheeks surgically unclenched <laughs> and astonishingly only gets worse from there, to the point where I'm now actively rooting for her to meet an untimely end under the wheels of Jazza's float. Yes! Oh boy, for the second week in a row there are two new characters in the same scene. Last week it was Ben and Rory, this week it's the soothing voices of Adam and Ian who've been cooking peasants. Hopefully that means Jade. In the course of their dinner chit-chat, they've expositioned up the following information for me. They're a couple. Ian is a chef at Grey Gables. Money is tight despite the fact that they both have jobs, although presumably Ian is currently furloughed. No. And Adam shares his job, which involves lambing, with Alice, who's on maternity leave. So far, so good. All we're missing now is, you know, actual plot development. I'm sure <laughs> it's on its way. If you're making a couple while we wait, though, just milk for me, please. Thanks. <laughs> right, this next section has absolutely blown my mind. Zander is Ian and Adam's child, but they're not looking after him. Or are they? They're getting help from Debbie, at least. No! Adam's mum, sister. <laughs> Which means that they are both still working, and now I don't understand the money problems. Oh, wait, there aren't even any money problems because Adam's just remembered a few grand he had tucked away after all, and honestly, what was the point of all that? <laughs> Rory's talking to uh, his dad, who sounds a lot like Brian. And there's Brian. already another reference to Adam, who Brian clearly doesn't rate on account of his using spreadsheets. Setting aside my feelings about spreadsheets, which are clearly humanity's greatest achievement, despite what Lucy thinks, this suggests that Adam's an admin boffin rather than an up-to-his-elbows-in-a-you sort of a chap. Bear with me while I update my spreadsheet with that information. Rory's been invited to join some sort of partnership, 
the other members of which Brian helpfully lists for me. They're mostly new to me, which is challenging. Didn't know Adam until just now, don't know Kate, don't know Debbie, who in any case seems to be somewhere other than Ambridge, and I don't know Jenny either. I guess they're all related to Brian and the partnership is running whichever farm it is that the Aldridges own. The only thing that puzzles me is that Phoebe hasn't been mentioned. She's an Aldridge, right? And she's older than Rory too, I reckon. Still, I don't have time to think about that because now we've got Eli and Ed too and honestly, (laughs) I give up. I can't cope with this all at once. Okay, now we know what this enormous pile of Archer's spaghetti has been leading up to. A Brian-engineered sheep showdown between Adam and Rory. I think Rory's genuinely a bit bashful about offering his ideas up, but once Adam makes with the poo-pooing, the gloves are off and the kid delivers a gotcha, the like of which Columbo would have been proud. Oh, just one more thing, Adam. (laughs) Interestingly, though, Adam calls Brian Brian. Up until now, I'd assumed they were father and son, but that little clue, plus the fact that Brian seems quite willing to toss Adam and his sheep to the wolves, makes me think that they're not. Whatever the relationship between them is, at least trying to figure it out, is better than another week of bloody Philip. (laughs) I was just thinking, what I really need, I was thinking, is another sodding new character. And here's Kate. (laughs) Being so bloody cheerful that I need to go and lie down. And it sounds like that's exactly what Alice would like to do, given half a chance, even if Ian has made some bush tache for her. (laughs) Kate's one-woman jolliness carpet-bombing campaign does at least clear one thing up for me, though. Adam, Kate and Alice are siblings. And if you were listening last week, you'll know this means that it's only a matter of time until I mistakenly tried to pair them off. (laughs) To finish the week, I have a confession to make. As you know, I haven't been listening to The Archers for very long, and if I'm honest, I only really started because Lucy asked me to. (laughs) But I will admit to you all, here and now, that I was properly horrified, like my stomach gave a lurch, when they tried to get Alice to have a glass of champagne. I think The Archers might have got to me. Time to step away and take stock (laughs) of my life, maybe. Yep. No. Yep. No, not step away from the archers. No. But, you know, it's not real. No. <laughs> you, have to, you have to adopt Harriet's approach to it, which is, yes, but think of the drama. Whereas I'm rocking in the fetal position, panicking about but, somebody. Yes. But do you know what, what's funny? As um, Mr. Newby was doing his bit, my friend just texted me and he he's like a part-time archers listener okay you know it's sort of no he just texted and said I'll, I'll just um i'll change the bad language but um uh who the fig is this annoying alice character i need her off the show please please <laughs> <laughs> bet, you, bet you can do her voice really well <laughs> but is, he's he, right on he's, both counts <laughs> but he says he's never heard her before he's been listening for years but you know alice not, yeah, but actually she's never had a big storyline. No, she? she hasn't. She hasn't. So you probably wouldn't have noticed her. Well, most of the time she was just clopping around on that bloody horse, wasn't she? Exactly, just being yeah. a little girl, really, yeah. or do, yeah. pretending to do an engineering job. Yeah. But poor Mr. Newby getting genuinely upset. Yeah. I mean, I sort of did, but I knew she. I knew it was all going to be fine. But at least it's confirmed for me that she is not drinking. Yes, and that, I felt that too. That was really important, actually. So I liked that, and I thought, g- g- now I'm really willing her not to, you know, and I hope it's all all right. Yeah, so. and it and it did actually genuinely make me 
see how how awful mm. it must be mm. like you know imagine being trapped in your house and it's yeah. like there's sort of fires burning everywhere yes. yeah and you know you can't and escape. she knew exactly where the bottle was she said there's oh, a bottle yeah. in the kitchen you know shall we have a quick stab at explaining the aldridge family tree good luck with that lucy right are you gonna start your ricardo order you are right yes. right <laughs> <sighs> See you in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Basically, Mr. Newby, Brian has fathered half the village. The only people that see appear to have escaped so far is Peggy Woolley. Um, Brian married Jenny. Jenny already had a son that was Adam, whose father was a man called Roger Travers Macy. Is that right? <laughs> I'm, I'm busy ordering potatoes. Oh, shut up. Um, so... Uh, Adam Brian is Adam's stepfather, which is why he calls him Brian. Jenny had another child called Debbie. Debbie isn't Brian's, is she? Well, that's I see. I always assume she is, but you're right; she's not. They're just very close. Yes, but yes. So she calls Brian Dad, apart from when she's cross with him when she calls him Brian, just to confuse things. Who's Debbie's father? Oh, who is Debbie's father? Actually, oh God, I don't know. I'm is not it sure not Jenny the same does. father as Adam? Yes, I think it is, yes. Yeah. Um, Brian, uh, Debbie is played by, what's the bloody hell's her name? I've gone blank. Tamsin Gregg. Tamsin Gregg, who's in Black Books and Very is famous, always yeah. on the television, which is why they had to make her move to, <laughs> where has she moved to? She's in... Uh, it, that is, um, I want to say Serbia, but I don't think she's there. <laughs> Somewhere like she's in Eastern Europe, somewhere, somewhere cold she? and dismal. That's where she, she is. She now she only phones in. Yes, so basically, and it, she hasn't spoken for years, and all we ever hear of her is do 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 do. A Skype tries to hook up. She, I, she does do like once a year, yeah. she, and, yes. and, and and the whole world rejoices. But she, she literally phones it in. <laughs> Because... But, but she still somehow, even though yes. she's only phoning in, still some, somehow adds this sort of quality and magic yeah. to an episode. She does. She's she's going to be a dame, isn't she? I can <laughs> see her. She's going to be the new Harriet Walter or something. Um, but she was the first one to spot Alice's incipient alcoholism. She's she's sort oh. of family glue, Debbie. She's very. She can generally talk to all of them in a sensible way and get them to see sense when all the Aldridge egos are running rampant. Um, Rua Rua Ree is Brian's son from his mistress Siobhan who died and he ended up asking Jenny, or in fact Jenny just volunteered because she's mad, to uh, look after Rory as, um, and bring her up as, bring him up as her own. So, uh, um, Rory knows his his history and he knows all about his mother and everything um, but he calls Jenny Jenny but thinks of her as his mother I think um, and, and, and only, maybe Mr Newby might have heard that episode where Rory turned 18 and opened yeah. the letter from his mum going God I love you Rory or, or something it was really awful wasn't it yes your mother is here and yes. you know yeah. You're in my heart. And it was really, actually, really, really um, sad, wasn't it? <laughs> Apart from you said it was awful. Did you mean awful moving or awful, awful? Um, or both? I think awful. Uh, probably awful. It was only awful. It was only awful not moving awful because we didn't actually hear her voice. Yes. And she had a sexy voice, so we could yes. have done with hearing she it. She sounded like that woman that does, these aren't any cocktail sausages. These are waitresses. <laughs> Dervla Kerwin. Yeah. Yeah. No, what they should have done was made it like a movie and just put a sort of like, you know, twinkly soundtrack on and gone, 
Dear Ori. Yeah. And had a whole episode of Siobhan. <laughs> it's your mother here. Oh, you've made my Tell toes Brian. retract. Stop. Tell Brian I never loved him. <laughs> they, but then over, when they were doing the lockdown. Hung like a hamster. <laughs> did you hear when they did um, like archive episodes over lockdown, didn't they? I think. Yeah. Do you remember they did sort of themes and then they had one, didn't they, where Siobhan and Brian were having an affair it was like the beginning of the affair of right. the affair and they were at the hunt ball right and it was all and she was like you could tell she was like super sexy and she mm. was in like this sort of silky green dress and brian was dribbling all over her it was a bit <sighs> grim but she it's a shame she died and can't be brought back in yes that would be a stretch <laughs> um now phoebe phoebe is an aldridge because she is kate's daughter Mm. And Roy's daughter. So why isn't she anything to do with the farm? Uh, well, she's not Brian's. Don't you have to be in the sort of generation of? Uh, you need the, to have be, the, You need to have the children, been not the grandchildren. The produce of Brian's loins. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yes. Not definitely. Definitely not the fruit of Roy's loins. <laughs> it's like extraordinary that the child of Kate and Roy ends up at Oxford. Yes, so that's the reason why uh, Brian likes to set Rory and Adam off against each other is because Rory is the fruit of his loins and Adam is not. I would say Mr Newbie or any newbies, don't overthink it. Yeah. It's what I say to my kids when they're homeschooling. Well, you know, the five minutes that we've done. Harriet, that's because on <laughs> Tuesday you say, I've given up this week. Yes, basically. So when they you say go, don't what? overthink it, you mean don't think, just go and run around yes. in the garden no i say just get to the end of the lesson and don't don't think about it at all i can't help you <laughs> don't ask me to explain make some marks it. on the paper <laughs> you're in year one it's far too advanced for me oh yes quickly we've had some emails but i'll be doing them very oh, quickly yeah uh anthony collins says a really excellent new archers podcast please keep it up the ruth archer country and western song was a highlight this week <laughs> Particularly the intonation on I've added up to here, which was uncanny. <laughs> also very much enjoyed the Jade impression. And from a couple of weeks ago, the impression of Harrison saying, Where's me notepad? <laughs> uh, Where's me notepad? <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm very pleased that you have started this podcast. Paula said, um, thank you so much for being fabulous. I keep threatening to stop listening to The Archers because it's so ridiculous in so many ways. However, I shall have to keep listening to it now just so I can enjoy your wondrously funny podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And Keith says, just found your podcast. Uh, we listened to the 21st of February and it had us in stitches. Just the sort of entertainment we need after nearly a year of that, which shall not be named. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Keith, we will. Keith. And now we cross to Ambridge itself to hear what's going on on the therapist's couch. Who have we got today? Kirsty. Kirsty. I can't read the surname. It looks like Mo Moss. It's been scratched out anyway. I don't think I should be here. Oh, well, therapy is a big decision. I don't mean in your bus. I mean in Ambridge. Are you feeling trapped? I mean, I think lockdown's making many of us feel... No, I... I uh, let me start again. Uh, 
Have you met Natasha? Welsh woman, massive heels, false eyelashes, fake fur gilet. Oh, yes. I uh, no. I mean, I can't disclose information about other clients. Oh, whatever. I bet you have. Anyway, she's married to an idiot. He makes sausages, but he's forgotten about that at the moment, and he drives parsnips around instead. Anyway, I nearly married him after he got me arrested for trashing crops, but he jilted me at the altar in front of the whole village. And you know, hilarious as it seems now, I actually thought, phew, things can only get better. And they didn't? No, because what happened then was I married what I thought was a bird watcher who did charity work. Turns out he's a slave trader. Good Lord. Yeah. One minute we're watching Blue Planet on the sofa by the flickering light of his flashing Rudolph. Of his what now? And next minute he's being carted off to prison and I'm being put in a police car halfway through my big narrator bit at the Lower Loxley Christmas play. It was so embarrassing. Not least because half the audience thought I was leading them to the next bit of the show and tried to get in the car with me. That sounds difficult. Well, to be honest, it made it about 700 times more interesting than most Ambridge Christmas productions. But it didn't do much for my reputation in the village. Half of them won't come near me as they think I'm going to drug them and then they'll wake up on a building site in Swansea. Do you work? Are you happy in your job at least? Well, I used to be head of flip-flops at Grey Gables. You know... Counting them, deodorising. It was relatively stress-free unless I ended up with an odd number. And then I took on a role training children to drag shopping trolleys out of ditches and pull little black bags of dog poo out of hawthorn bushes. That was slightly more high-powered, obviously. But then I thought I was moving, so I gave that up too. Any friends and family? No, no family. I'm not allowed one because no one else can do this accent. I have a friend, though... Two, actually. Helen and Roy. Well, one and a half. Helen's great, as long as I don't do anything she doesn't like. And Roy's great, as long as I don't do anything at all, because people doing things frightens him. Kirsty, this sounds very draining for you. Um, What keeps you in Ambridge? You've been jilted here, you've narrowly avoided arrest, you've had two unfulfilling jobs, you've got two half-hearted friends, and now your marriage has broken down, so... Whatever it is that's keeping you here must be huge. Blimey. So what is it? What's keeping you here? Well, you know, I'd never thought... About leaving? Yeah, I I mean, I could, couldn't I? I I could just go. I I don't need to be here. In fact, I don't know why I am here. It's been absolutely shit, hasn't it? I don't like farmers. I hate sheep. The only time I went wild swimming I got covered in toxic waste. The villagers are all horrible and all think I'm a stroppy lunatic. Why am I here? So you're going? Yeah, I'm going to live somewhere with a true community spirit. Solihull, maybe. Or Hammersmith. Bugger this. Right. Well, Jeff, take her off the list for a follow-up. We're not going to bloody Solihull. Uh, yes, and, uh, and Xander is Adam's son. Sorry, I've just remembered that there's one more oh, yeah. note I made. That I just yep. put Xander query. That's why. In about yeah. 10 years, he'll have a voice. And um, yeah, yeah. But and it won't sound like anyone else. He'll <laughs> <laughs> just be like, you know, like, he's grown up something completely different. <laughs> it's because I was surrogated. <laughs>
Lexi will come back and uh, why you talk like son. this you funny little boy <laughs> I wish Lexi would come back because I really love Lexi yes me too sexy Lexi yeah we seem oh, to well. be quite male heavy at the moment well, maybe that's just me <laughs> Um, Maybe they'll (laughs) all change on International Women's Day. Yes, excellent. (laughs) I was trying to explain to uh, Rufus what it is. I said, What do you mean what it is? How can you not know what it is? It's only got three words in it. (laughs) It's like International Beer Day, but it's women, not beer. How about that? It's just celebrating women. And uh, actually, that's sort of all I could say about it, really. But that's what it is, isn't it? Yes. And striving, striving to uh to uh, for a more equal world well it's looking back on how far we've come and looking forward to how bloody far we have to go as you know international women's day is upon us and i have uh, <clears throat> ambridge has decided to commission a statue in the choose to challenge pose I thought we should model our statue on a female Ambridge resident, perhaps a leader of our community. Ah, well, in that case, I'd like to nominate myself. What with my radio show, that was, I am still something of a celebrity. There aren't enough statues of disc jockeys. That's because they're all in prison, Mum. I wouldn't mind nominating Mum. She's such a good all-rounder and she does make excellent cakes. No offence, but Jill is a bit old to make a statue of. Imagine doing all those lines and wrinkles. No, you need someone much younger. Someone with a smooth, toned physique, honed from doing lots of yoga. A true feminist, a warrior, a mother... Talking of feminism... Can I recommend Louisa May Alcott? She was also a famous vegan and wrote about women. Little ones. <clears throat> Thank you, Mia. But perhaps we should focus on someone more local, more celebrated for their community work. Clare would be perfect. She's such a good representation of womanhood. Oh, no, Emma. She's not expressive enough. It's a statue, Mum. Look, I don't want to blow me own trumpet, but, well, I own a pub, I'm a singer, I have history. History is the last thing we need associated with our statue. Do we want it pulled down before it's even gone up? Oh, darlings, look, I've got to run, but uh, have you actually got a budget for this thing? Ah, but we don't need one. Johnny's melted down an old tractor, and Tony's promised to sculpt the thing. Apparently he's very good with figurative models. Oh. Uh, Have you seen the size of Tony's models, darling? I I can't think of any Ambridge resident that's under five centimetres tall. Unless you count Alice's baby. But but look, why don't I just take a photo and we can all do the choose-a-challenge pose together. Ready? One, two, three. Cheese! Lillian, I feel a bit offended by that word, actually. Can we do the photo again, please? (sighs) Aww. I don't know what to do because I haven't heard it. So, anyway, that's that. There will be another podcast up next week. So subscribe to us on iTunes and you will never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email ambridgeonthecouch at gmail.com. We are... Ambridgeonthecouch at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm now 
image of Xander dressed like Jimmy Clitheroe. <laughs> we are at On Ambridge on Twitter, or you can follow Mr. Newbie on Twitter at Newbie Couch. And in the meantime, it's goodbye from both of us. And have a lovely week. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.